My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. My, oh my, it's good to see so many people here uh, on this blessed Sunday morning to everyone. Um, today, right? Uh, today, the fourth Sunday of Advent, the virgin daughter of Nazareth sings of revolution. Our time of waiting and preparation is almost over. Our great celebration of Christ's nativity is at hand. And so she sings, the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She sings not only for herself, she sings for all of God's children who seek not merely salvation, but also a revolution in our souls and in our actions. Her timeless song, is the capstone of today's readings. Her words, the final installment of Advent's good news. In fact, these are the only words in the New Testament that we will ever hear from Mary. So we are called to give them attention in the breath of what she has to say. Yes, yes, indeed, as Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And what was it, brothers and sisters, that she was told? What is it that was spoken to her by the angel Gabriel? You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Each of today's readings points to this time of consummation. Each stands as a witness to the grand story of God's encounter with us. In Micah, there in the Old Testament, there is prophecy. The one who is to rule Israel will come from where? From Bethlehem. He shall be the one of peace. And the song gives voice to our intense longing for God's presence. In the time that it was written, the people had been devastated by invasion. In the time that surrounds the birth and life of Jesus Christ, they suffered under Roman occupation and grinding poverty. And yet the ancient plea there from the psalm can easily be on our lips today as we endure yet another season of the coronavirus and all of the disruptions and loss it has brought more than 800,000 taken in our country alone. For so many, there's not only the bread from heaven, but there was also the bread of tears. Who among us does not at some point join in the psalmist's cry, stir up your strength, O Lord, and come to help us, restore us, Renew us, heal us, show us the glorious and merciful light of your loving presence. Save us, O Lord, from the worst of ourselves. Our need for Christ is as great now as ever. Our prayers as urgent, as fervent, 
and as grounded in faith as ever. For we, brothers and sisters, do not, in the words of William Shakespeare, lift up our cries to deaf heaven. No, we believe that we are heard. Recall what God said to Moses from the mesmerizing fire of the burning bush. I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry. Indeed, I know their sufferings. God knows, and in time, God acts. And so Mary sings in her song, He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. And here again, we turn to today's scriptures to see how this action came about, how the remembrance of this promise of mercy happened. In Hebrews, we read, when Christ came into the world, he said, a body you have prepared for me. See, I have come to do your will. Of course, he alludes to the incarnation and the profound mystery of the word made flesh. But there is, of course, and indeed, another body that was prepared. Our Lord did not spring, poof, from thin air. He was born of a woman. He was nurtured and fed by the blood and substance of the virgin daughter of Nazareth, who conceived by the Holy Spirit and carried him in her womb for nine months. Blessed is she. And so now, our scriptural journey brings us to Zechariah's house. We have heard the ancient prophecy from Micah. We have laid hold of the psalmist's urgent prayer, contemplated in Hebrews the pre-incarnate actions of the Father and the Son. All of this brings us to a home in the hill country of Judea. Mary has come a long way. Some say 90 miles. That's the distance from Nazareth to En Karim, the traditional birthplace of John the Baptist. Imagine, if you will, walking from here to, say, Wilmington, maybe just a little bit north, heading towards Philadelphia. Imagine that journey, and you will have an idea of what this young lady was up to. But imagine also the joy and the wonder that Luke gives us as she enters the house. The forerunner and the Messiah meet in utero. The Holy Spirit fills Elizabeth's soul. The aged mother and the virgin daughter dance and sing. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb, says Elizabeth. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, Mary replies. And brothers and sisters, we know that there is so much more to her song. As I said earlier, the virgin daughter of Nazareth also sings of revolution. God has answered the psalmist's ancient prayer that he stir up his strength. He has shown the strength of his arm, Mary says, by his incarnation. He has humbled the minds of the proud and the arrogant. In his kingdom that is ever drawing near, that is ever in our presence, The mighty are cast down from their thrones, and the lowly are lifted up from despair. The hungry, whose bellies growl and whose souls hunger for righteousness, are filled with good things. 
filled with the blessings of the Almighty God that is made possible acting through each and every one of us, while the rich who rely on themselves and see no need for God are sent away empty. In the fullness of God's kingdom, the world's values and expectations are set aside. Mary sings of an age that is glorious and frightening, and is breathtaking and unnerving. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great 20th century theologian and martyr, described her song in this way. He said that it is the most passionate, the wildest, one might even say the most revolutionary hymn ever sung. William Barclay, a wonderful expositor, who has long since gone on to glory, wrote that Mary's song, which we know of as the Magnificat, speaks of three revolutions of God. One, there is a moral revolution as pride is laid aside. Two, there is a social revolution that seeks to destroy our labels and our hierarchies. As St. Paul said, you, me, we who have been clothed with Christ, we are one in Christ, no longer resting in our divisions, but resting in our unity in the body of Christ. And three, there is an economic revolution. For we who follow Christ seek not and should not seek the excesses of the world, but should use our resources to provide for the needs of the world. Barclay goes on to say, there is loveliness in the Magnificat, but in that loveliness there is dynamite. Christianity begets a revolution in each man and woman and a revolution in the world. For each and every one of us, this song is good news. It is the gospel proclaimed by a teenage girl 2,000 years ago. If we are well-to-do, it might make us uneasy. The mighty thrown down from their thrones, the rich sent away empty. But, brothers and sisters, it should make us uneasy. It is okay that we are disturbed by the gospel and by the virgin daughter's song. It should make us wonder if we have put too much trust in the things of the world, things that we know can be wiped out in an economic crash or in the whirlwind of a tornado. If we are poor, it should check any perverse desire for vengeance or the humiliation of the rich. And if we hunger for righteousness and justice and equality, it should give us consolation the song describes a kingdom already at hand, a kingdom ushered in by the incarnation. We are already living in that kingdom that is ever more progressive. As Jesus said to the Pharisees who asked him, well, where is this kingdom and when is it going to come? He answered them, he said, the kingdom of God is among you. Don't go looking around and wondering where it might be and struggling to find it. It is here. It is now. It is among you. The virgin daughter sings of it. Brothers and sisters, our King and Savior now draws near. 
the ancient promise has been fulfilled. Elizabeth rejoices, and the virgin daughter of Nazareth sings. So let us join with her. Let us praise God in word and deed. Let us raise our voices in thanksgiving, and by our witness, let us, each and every one, proclaim the greatness of the Lord. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.